time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Listeners, I'm excited to have Marina Walsh back on the podcast with us. The NBA just released today when we're recording this, May 18th. The latest numbers, and we're going to get into it. But also joining me on the podcast is Mark Hill. Mark, good to have you here. Glad to be here, David. Thank you. We both respect and we appreciate the NBA for all that they're doing. But specifically, one of the reasons that NBA is so special is because of you, Marina. I love how you are so diligent about bringing forth the facts of what's going on, but I really appreciate the way in which you bring them forth. You're always trying to find a way to represent the numbers and they're challenging numbers lately and you represent them in the most positive way. So welcome to the podcast and thank you for your wonderful upbeat approach. Thank you, David. Thank you, Mark. Let's get into it. So you recently released the results of the first quarter's performance report. How was the industry doing? And I guess forward-looking, how is the industry doing? What can we anticipate? Yeah, this performance report, it's important to keep in mind that this is representative of about 325 independent mortgage companies and a few subs of banks. So it's representative of one segment of our industry, but it does give a good barometer of how things look profitability-wise. We look at revenues, we look at expenses, we look at net profits. And the headline number is that for the fourth consecutive quarter, we are still in the red. So net production losses at about 68 basis points. Now that's better. Speaking yeah. of the good news, it's better than what we were seeing in the fourth quarter at negative 99. But needless to say, still experiencing very challenging conditions right now across the board still. Volume was down again in the first quarter too. Yeah. Let's get the sampling side. What was that number? Yeah, again? about 325. 325. Mm -hmm. And then how many IMBs are there in you if as best you can determine? I know there's been a lot of mergers, a lot of some companies going out of business, some mergers. What's yeah. the number that you're estimating yeah, right now? Yeah, let me see. Based on the, I'm trying to think what we have in our Honda data. Give me two seconds and I can probably come up with a good estimate for that. I don't want to throw out a wrong, the wrong one, but needless to say, independents in general have gained a lot of share. So in terms of the overall industry right now, independents are at over 50% of both purchases as well as refinances altogether. So market share um, so, is continuing so that, to... Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. in terms of thousands, it depends on the year in terms of how Humda is being reported. They change right. their reporting guidelines. So sometimes it's hard to look in aggregate and to come up with a number that makes sense. But again, in terms of share, you're talking about over 50%. In terms of the number of companies reporting altogether, for non-depositories, there's about 881. 
that was as of 2021 in the humda reporting okay so that's it all together in terms of the number reporting overall about 4500 companies reporting all together there are a lot of okay. community banks and credit unions in this space about 1900 community banks and 1300 credit unions but they don't have a big share. The share right. is really the non-depositories that 881 companies has a bigger share. And then of course the large depositories of which there are about 125. Marina, do you think we have any kind of a revenue or cost problem still in the business? Or do you think people have leveled out and figured out what they can do with their cost? And now it's just, it's just really the market that's doing it to us. Yeah. In the first quarter, our revenues were actually up a bit, which was good, but cost we're still trying to battle through. We're at a new study high of over $13,000 per loan in, in costs overall. Now, part of that is due to the fact that we simply don't have volume. Volume covers over a lot of ills when you think about it, because even in some of those quarters in 2021, where we had really great profits, costs were still going up on a per loan basis, but still we experienced incredible profits. So we were making up for it in terms of revenue. Now we have a situation where volume is not going up and then costs are really going up on a per loan basis. So it's something that needs to be controlled and it's hard to control those costs. Your personnel make up this business. You need good personnel. You can't simply cut and cut to the bone. And a lot of independents have told me we're already cut to the bone. Some personnel you need to have on if you're originating one loan or if you're originating millions of loans, you still need that base. So it's just really tough. I think the LO compensation rules make it a little bit more challenge too, Mm -hmm. because there's less flexibility in terms of compensation for loan originators. But there's really no easy solution, I would say, on that cost side. On that note, what are the steps that you're seeing lenders taking in this tough market? We've seen a tremendous, unprecedented amount of layoffs and staff reduction. As you were just saying, there is some fixed cost that's just unavoidable. But what are some of the things that you're seeing from the MBA's perspective? It runs the gamut. I'll say, first of all, we are seeing mergers and acquisitions. We're seeing consolidation. A lot of lenders are holding out hope that the other lenders will exit before they need to. So we do see mergers and acquisitions. I heard from a few independent mortgage companies this spring that We're not looking for cost reduction. We're looking to use this opportunity to get better sales talent. So you have some independents who are willing to invest now for a better market in the future. And so some companies are taking advantage of this opportunity to ramp up their sales talent. So the only way they see through this is to recruit more or better. And that's certainly legitimate focus. And you do that, but there has an assumption in there that there is an end to this and their capital 
they have a finite amount of capital, some lot more than others, but they're in a yeah. place right now they're predicting or they're assuming that they have enough capital. I think of the two guys out in Alaska hiking and one guy's putting on his tennis shoes. He says, Why are you putting on your tennis shoes? He says, we're in bear country. He says, well, I just want to be able to run away from the bear. He says, you can't outrun a bear. He says, no, I'm not trying to outrun a bear. I'm just trying to outrun you. I think that mentality out there is that all we need to do is stay ahead of the guy that's going to get eaten behind us. And as a consultant and as a coach, Mark and I are always looking for what is the right narrative that we should be passing on to our clients. So I really appreciate your perspective on that and these insights. So LO Comp, you touched on a little bit. Is there any initiatives to do anything about changing LO Comp, anything that the MBA is initiating, or is this one of those untouchables, Marina, in your mind? Certainly, there was a recent request for comments, and MBA submitted a comment letter regarding changes to the LO Comp rule. That happened last month, and it's out there, but it's slow going in terms of changing that. It's been on our agenda for many years now to get that changed, but nothing is impossible. It could happen, so the best we can do is to continue to advocate for that. But going back to something you said, though, David, on what else are companies doing differently in terms of this cost, there's certainly LO comp, but that's on the policy side. So right. a lot of our listeners may say that's beyond our control right now. That's a longer term vision. But you know, I'm hearing about revisiting office space and leases given remote work. That's a big area. Some are investing in technology. Obviously, MBA is hoping for remote online notarization, other ways to improve the manufacturing process to cut down on costs. We have our whole MISMO standards group with the purpose of that group is really to improve efficiencies and to eventually reduce costs. And I think you have a lot of companies that are revisiting what they do best in terms of their production channels, retail broker, wholesale, correspondent, consumer direct, and also markets, analyzing demographics, population flows, looking at local markets, what geographic mix makes sense. And then finally, I'll just bring in one other item is servicing retention. Now, mm -hmm. Servicing retention has helped. We had a period of time where a lot of independents were retaining servicing as a best X for purposes of just best execution, and they were using a subservicer. We're seeing less of that, but I have to say the cash flows associated with servicing, given that we're second lowest in the history of national delinquency, very low first quarter delinquency rates overall and no prepayment, not a lot of prepayment activity. So those servicing cash flows are certainly helping. Uh, and so there could be liquidity brought by an MSR sale, or there's simply that ongoing cash flow coming in. So servicing is still doing really well and helping to some extent, at least with overall profits, given the really unprecedented conditions on the production side. You brought up something really interesting because the MSR value is an interesting thing. I've been talking to a number of brokers right now, and there's a little dilemma going on because, yes, servicing is doing better than it's ever did. Lower delinquencies, great, no prepayments to speak of. But what is happening, the corresponding MSR values have not been going up 
that much, which is really frustrating for the industry. What do you think about that? It's a little dilemma, but what do you think about that? The MSR value is not really climbing like people would expect in considering those other factors you mentioned. What I saw based on last year's results in 2022 is tremendous increase in the value of the mortgage servicing. And we saw valuation changes. And so the net servicing financial income of what I'm seeing for 2022 was the highest it's ever been on the servicing side, thanks to just low amortization, low loan decay, but also changes in the valuation of the servicing. But that can't continue indefinitely. Every quarter, you just can't continue to write up the value of your servicing rights. So that sort of windfall, and again, we're not talking about cash here. We're talking about paper gains, so to speak. This doesn't necessarily relate to cash flows, but a lot of that, unless you sell your mortgage servicing right, obviously. But I think we're at a point where we saw some public companies actually have a little bit of a write down in their servicing rights in the first quarter for a portion of their servicing portfolio. So I just think that gravy train probably is reaching the end because at some point or another, Rates are going to flatten out. We imagine that given the Federal Reserve's actions, we're hoping we're near the end of the rate hikes. So at some point in time, there's going to be a change in terms of the economy. We still are forecasting for a mild recession in the second half of the year. Um, That'll prevent rates from continuing to rise or or rate hikes on the part of the Federal Reserve. And so what that means is we just can't, going back to your question, Mark, on MSR valuation, we can't see continued MSR valuation gains because I think that those were pretty spent in 2022. At least one major lender through their public filings announced that. I would say we are seeing in terms of what's happening with MSR sales, a lot of transfer activity. We've heard from Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, some others that you wouldn't have expected are not necessarily in the growth mode for servicing. And there could be some strategic sales, especially given everything that's happened with Silicon Bank, Signature Bank, risk assessments of balance sheets for banks. It could be that banks are rethinking the portion of their balance sheet dedicated to loans held for investment, as well as mortgage servicing rights. That's a good point. Yeah, there's going to be more decision-making and analysis and considerations for holding loans in portfolio and also holding MSRs, I think. I'm looking around to see if the magazine I just received had a question that relates to this. And are we seeing a foundational cracks because of what's going on in the financial industries that could wash over into or ripple over into the independent mortgage banking space? Perhaps, yes. I think all banks now, again, are really considering they're giving more thought to holding loans and portfolio and also servicing retention. Yeah, the, and the MSRs, the mark-to-market on their MSRs, what they were holding, has been an issue, uh, which really gets back into the independent mortgage bankers are dependent on the warehouse lenders. And so many of the warehouse lenders that we are talking to feel very secure. They feel that they're fine, but there's just this cloud over the whole financial regulated institution sector right now. And it does cause for another level of anxiety in this mix. Any more thoughts on that? 
I'll get even more thoughts after our secondary conference next week, where this will definitely be a topic of conversation. But yes, in terms of warehouse lenders, they got to make sure uh, that their counterparties are viable. And my assumption is that covenant violations are escalating. Definitely profitability covenant violations are probably going up. We hear the agencies are also doing more Fannie, Freddie, Ginny in terms of analysis with their counterpart and discussions with their counterparties, especially those that have substantial mortgage servicing rights. Marina, do you have any idea the number of companies that are reporting Humda data? Yeah, plus or minus about 3,200. It really depends because they've changed the reporting requirements for Humda over the years, but right around there, 3,200. Thank you. Marina, this is all such valuable information. And you mentioned the MBA's secondary conference next week in New York. Again, we're recording this on the day you released this data. So listeners, let's get a little bit of insights. What can we anticipate hearing and what's this event going to look like there? Yes, it's going to be back at the Marriott Marquis, which is our signature place for the secondary and capital markets conference and expo. And it's going to be two and a half action-packed days. We're going to have representation from all of the major agencies there. We're going to have, of course, our signature mortgage market Outlook there, headed up by my boss, our our chief economist, Mike Frattentoni. We're certainly going to talk about the future of financial stability. That's actually our opening session. Speaking of that, we'll have federal home loan bank perspectives. And uh, yeah, and also have some fun things like our Empower Sessions and Dave Winfield, the baseball player, will be represented there. So mixing in a little bit of fun as well. (laughs) It's always a great conference in a great city. And it's good to see that it's back. I'm so excited. Encourage our listeners that if you want to go, if you're in the area, go over there and register and become a part of it. And we're hopefully going to release this podcast so we can get the word out and bump your registrations a little bit. Thank you so much for me being with us, Maria. So good. Thank you, David. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.